Appendix 1. Building a Better Workplace for Women The restoration industry has primarily been a male-dominated workforce for decades. As a result, many of the decisions about what's working in restoration, what's not, and where the industry should go are made by men. The Restoration Workforce Survey, however, was designed to give a microphone to those whose voices too often go unheard. And the women we surveyed provided some fascinating insights. What blind spots does the industry have in its treatment of women that aren't being identified? What are the reasons women have been left out of the conversation and the workforce in general for so long? Are there any signs that things might be changing? The Restoration Workforce Survey provided answers to all of these. In short, the future is bright, and there is a huge opportunity available to companies willing to make the changes necessary to take advantage of an increasing interest in restoration among women. In this appendix to Why Workers Quit, we will unpack what the Restoration Workforce Survey data says about how the experience of women in the restoration industry, the reasons why companies who are intentional in providing a better workplace for women have an inherent advantage, and the tangible steps you can take to become one of those companies if you're not already. First, though, it's important to know where women are working in the restoration industry and where they're not. What the data says. Taking a look back at the graph in Chapter 1, it's unsurprising that male baby boomers outnumber female baby boomers in the restoration industry by a significant margin. Frankly, you probably didn't need a survey to tell you that, as one look around your office would likely have confirmed this. This largely holds true for Gen X employees as well with a much larger portion of men than women working in the restoration industry among that age group. However, those advocating for better female representation in restoration should take note of the encouraging evidence that emerges the younger the workforce gets. While millennial workers still skew male, there is far less of a gender imbalance than among previous generations. By the time we get to Gen Z employees, we see an almost equal gender balance between men and women in the restoration industry. This is tremendous progress. An industry that has been dominated by men for decades is seeing increasing interest among young women workers. No small feat. Breaking down industry tenure by gender only confirms this trend. Whereas men are distributed fairly in how long they've been working in restoration, over 70% of women have been in the industry less than three years. In fact, in the past year, just under 50% of people entering the restoration workforce are women. Businesses looking for new, undiscovered pools of workers would be wise to consider how they can better target and appeal to women considering looking for work in an exciting, fast-paced industry. There's the lingering question, though. What role are these women taking? Traditionally in the restoration industry, men have gravitated towards the frontline worker jobs, whereas women have been more prominent in office support roles. Is this still the case today? On the right are two charts showing the breakdown of each role grouped by gender.
The top chart shows where men and women above the age of 30 have gravitated in the restoration industry. Confirming many suspicions, the roles of technician and subcontractor are 95% male, whereas office administrator, accountant, and human resources roles are strongly, if not entirely, female. Additionally, leadership and management roles are strongly skewed male. However, below it is a breakdown of the same roles for workers under 30, and you'll immediately notice some differences. Most notably, the trend for subcontractors and technicians to be 95% male is being shifted significantly, with over 30% of young technicians being female. Similarly, we saw a higher ratio of female project managers and managers under 30 than their older counterparts. The data is still coming in, so it's too early to conclusively say the restoration industry is being rebalanced, but these are encouraging signs nonetheless. There are many factors that contribute to women or men believing that certain roles are not for them, but one of the biggest factors is not seeing themselves represented in the jobs they'd like to occupy. Seeing more consistent gender balance across different roles can create a positive feedback loop, further encouraging people to pursue whichever job they'd like as they see examples of others who look like them in similar roles. Of course, equally important is understanding how these people are treated once they're in this role. Here's what survey responses told us about what it's like to be a woman in the restoration industry. How to make the restoration industry great for women. We asked survey respondents what their company did to make it a great place for women to work. Most importantly, the vast majority of responses among females said they felt their company was a great place to work already and that they didn't expect or receive any special treatment. In fact, some women took issue even with the nature of the question and didn't like the implication that special accommodations or consideration should be made for them. For other women, it was clear that some intentionality on the part of their company went a long way to make them feel welcome and able to juggle the various different roles they played in their lives. Companies that had policies that allowed for paid time off when children were sick or flexibility when appointments and family matters arose made women feel like their employer had their back. Other responses mentioned they were glad to see their company acknowledging that being a woman in a male-dominated industry can have its drawbacks. Many of these companies set up women in restoration groups or lunches and had an open-door policy when it came to discussing any issues or frustrations that came up. And finally, maybe most obviously, equal pay and heavy representation of women in all roles made women feel more comfortable working in the restoration industry. Knowing that their office was 40 to 50% female told them that they would not be treated differently or alienated at their company, but instead would be able to work effectively alongside men and each other to accomplish the tasks set out in front of them. Complaints about how they were treated were few and far between, but are still worth mentioning. One respondent described hostility between male and female workers and feeling like she got walked all over in a male-dominated industry. 
Another woman describes sometimes feeling excluded from team events and social interactions. Importantly, some male respondents also describe feeling alienated in roles that were largely female, and some male technicians pointed to a divide between female office staff and male technicians that led to conflict at times. If the restoration industry is going to become a place that is equally welcoming to women and men, it will require more attention and focus, especially at the worker level, to overcome the tendency to gravitate towards people that look and think like us at the expense of others. Why strive for greater numbers of women in restoration? It's worth begging the question, in light of all this, why strive to seek better representation among women in the restoration industry? The theme of this book has been problems can be fixed, but it requires intentionality. Considering how much effort it will take to bring greater gender equality to the various roles within restoration, is it worth the effort? If you're reading this book because you are having difficulty attracting and retaining talented workers, then the answer should be abundantly clear. Women make up 51.1% of the population in the United States, yet only 29% of the restoration industry overall is female. Among critical, valuable roles such as technicians and managers, this percentage is far lower. We know it's not due to a lack of interest, as young women are increasingly pursuing these careers. Even if they've been historically dominated by men, instead, it's due in some part to hiring managers mistakenly believing the next generation of workers looks similar to previous generations. Restoration companies looking for talented pools of available workers should begin to think about what they can do to better appeal to women considering the trades. Combined with structured, comprehensive onboarding described in Chapters 2 and 3, businesses could recruit women that other companies may be overlooking, train them in all the company's processes and procedures, and give them a rewarding career. Additionally, having more women on your team in various roles provides advantages beyond just increasing the quantity of workers available. Women, in general, are very nurturing and intuitive, says Julie Johnson, owner of Alpha Omega Disaster Restoration. They have a keen sense of how to come alongside people going through a difficult situation. Women on my team have walked through the valley of extreme stress with our customers, hugging them when they cry, taking the time to listen when they need an ear to hear, making dinner for them when they see they can't muster one more thing. The list goes on. Restoration companies should be quick to recognize the advantages that women can bring to certain roles. For example, many female customers may prefer to have a female technician working in their home alongside their male co-workers. There are also benefits of having women project managers working with customers through the highs and lows of seeing their home restored. As Shelley Bagwell, lead estimator at Belfour Property Restoration, described, If there is an irate customer, women are good at de-escalation and finding a solution. The restoration company that recognizes the differences in the way women work 
will benefit from enhanced customer service, credibility among industry professionals and community organizations, and a balancing perspective for any business needs. Tangible Steps You Can Take The verdict is in. There is a tremendous opportunity available to companies who can recognize that the restoration workforce is shifting more female and are willing to make the changes necessary to provide a workplace where women are welcomed and thrive. For those eager to take advantage of the opportunity in front of them, here are a few tangible steps you can take to build an environment that's more welcoming to women. Identify your values. As we've mentioned elsewhere in the book, everything comes down to what your company values. Many leaders fail to clearly and consistently articulate their company norms and values, and in such a vacuum, employees will substitute their own. According to Ashley Hofberger, Vice President of First On-Site Property Restoration, the first step in creating a culture that welcomes women is identifying those high-level company values. First, you define what your cultural norms are, what is acceptable, and what is not. With this front of mind, it's easier for employees to identify behavior exhibited by staff or company policies that don't align with these values. We encourage our team members to ask, how does this align with our core values? Ashley told us. I've been in several meetings where this one question redirected the whole conversation. Likewise, if workers have habits, intentional or unintentional, that create an unwelcome environment for certain individuals, grounding feedback in your company values gives you the ability to point to an objective, shared standard that all employees are held to. Develop your staff. Too many companies rely on traditional stereotypes and assign roles based on gender as opposed to leaning in and understanding the unique strengths of each individual. If an all-male team or office gets a female employee, says Shelley Bagwell, there is a tendency to let administrative and housekeeping tasks get pushed on the female, all under the expectation that they are naturally better at those things. This delineation of labor typecasts workers and sends the signal that women wouldn't be able to help their company address a shortage of technicians or managers. Instead, welcoming environments look at the strengths and weaknesses of each individual and create personalized development plans just for them. Put people in places where their strengths are used for the greater good, advises Shelley. Identify paths for advancement and plans for professional growth for both men and women. Over time, your company will see more male office administrators and more women in field roles, if that's where their skill sets align. You'll be able to harness the unique talents each worker has for the greatest impact, as opposed to artificially limiting your workforce's productivity based on preconceived gender roles. Think about the big and small stuff. There are hundreds of interactions, big and small, that women have with your company, their co-workers, and with customers that send the signal that they're either welcome or they're not. As a leader, 
you need to think about the message being sent by both the big things, your values, your policies, your processes and structure, and the small things, your office space, your uniforms, your communication in your business. Many female workers were particularly thankful for company flexibility surrounding paid time off, acknowledging that sometimes sick kids or doctor's appointments can interfere with the business of the day. Additionally, creating avenues where employees felt comfortable talking to their supervisors if they didn't feel they were treated respectfully went a long way in showing that women had support from managers and leaders in their organizations. On the simpler side, employers must also think about the message being sent through the micro-interactions women have with their workspace and other co-workers. Not to be funny or diminish the issue, says Shelley, but little things like making sure the shared restrooms are kept clean and that the cleaning is not defaulted to the women is a way to incorporate a co-ed team fairly. Another simple thing that can be done is ensure you have uniforms made for women. So many uniform standards are uncomfortable and unflattering to females. Acknowledging those differences while maintaining consistency can be difficult, but should always be top of mind when hiring women for a uniformed position. Restoration companies that will succeed among today's workers are the ones that recognize that employees, both men and women, want workplaces that treat everyone with respect. Companies that get this right have the opportunity to capitalize on growing interest among women in restoration and find new pools of workers they never knew existed. Though the industry is seeing some positive trends incorporating women into roles they've traditionally been excluded from, it will require intentionality from employers to carry the torch the rest of the way. Those willing to take up this mantle will be the ones that have the most to gain. Will you be one of them?